Hello and welcome to Design Untangled. Me, Chris Mears and Carla Lindarte sat in the same room, which is, as we know, a very rare occasion. Um, we're here with James Storer, Head of Design at Free Trade. Is that the right title? Yeah, that's, that's the one. Yeah, good. That's a good start. Um, so maybe it'd be good, just as a start, if you could tell our listeners a bit about you and your background, like sure. where you've come from. Yeah, so um, I've, uh, I came from previously to Deliveroo. Uh, and a few other companies. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of was a bit more of a traditional multimedia background. Uh, I've been doing this about 10, 10 years, something like that now. It's yeah. been, been a while. And it was more kind of like web design and then sort of moved slowly into applications. And uh, now it's kind of more just broad design, I think, because it's yeah. kind of more of a management and a head role. It's like you're kind of doing everything, right? So. Certainly, joining a, an early stage startup as well. It's it's been I've been making roller banners and uh, socks as we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, oh, you're responsible for that. I am. Oh, I am okay. the, I'm the sock master. <laughs> and so I'm just going to change my title to that. Just like head yeah, that's socks. a good LinkedIn headline. I think, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and it's been it's been kind of a, a crazy crazy journey. Lots of learnings in the last uh, last year now, nearly that I've been uh, at free trade. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much uh, pretty much me in a nutshell, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, what is free trade? So, I'm not really into stocks, okay. and to be honest, I don't really looked into the product that much. I'm sorry. Oh dear. Grace is the one who's really like obsessed with stocks and money and stuff. I just like spend it. I just spend it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, what is free trade? Uh, so I think like we were actually talking about this today. I think our tag at the minute is like challenger stockbroker. And the last time I said that, somebody was like, well, "What? What does that even mean?" And I think I, I think we questioned that today. And it's kind of like, well, I think it's more that we're we're kind of like new age. So that's where like the kind of challenger thing is, right? So mobile only stockbroking application, and we like to think of it more of like kind of an investment app rather than just pure stockbroking because I think that's a bit masculine and and. As you mm. mentioned earlier, Chris, a bit more old school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it's kind of an investment app that allows you to buy stocks and shares um, and other things, funds, ETFs, etc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're kind of like on a mission, I suppose, as many companies are, but uh, to kind of democratize a little bit, like actually give access and open up um, to kind of stockbroking to to everybody and anyone really, uh, making it as easy as. Buying a pizza, I don't know. Like, that was kind of like when I joined, I was like, we can make this kind of like you know as easy as using delivery, for instance. Mm-hmm. And like, because I, I tried using a bunch of competitive apps, and they're all pretty tough, to be honest. Like, just just like actually getting into the product, then trying to figure out what you're doing, which you're in there, and everything has got like friction to it. And mm-hmm. so we've really tried to kind of pull out all of that and then kind of add in just like really basics of usability really it's not I don't I don't think I've done anything particularly special just try to address that and make it as simple as possible really so yeah because I mean <laughs> well that, that's that's actually that's, that is fair I mean I'm I've been humble I guess <laughs> it's, it's kind we'll of that out. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's like um yeah, I mean, it, it is just it is just trying to do the core things right, I guess. And there are some areas where, yeah, okay, we've we've tried tried to turn something quite complex into something incredibly simple, and we're probably going to have to iterate and kind of actually test that a lot more to get it right. I don't think we've got it one hundred percent perfect. I'm not saying that at all, 
But it's, I just think trying to do that very difficult thing and make it as simple as possible for somebody is just like the core of what everybody should be trying to do, you know? So, yeah. So what do you think, like, what is the core information someone needs to make a decision about whether to buy a stock or not? Because obviously the traditional ones, they throw kind of the kitchen sink at you, like EPS and, you know, all this other stuff that is pretty baffling. Yeah, I'd say we're probably like, we're probably lower on the information side right now, but I mean that's because the core proposition was you know trying to get the low fee products out there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You know there are kind of certain things that you you want to know to be able to make a good decision. We're kind of showing like basics of the information, so current price, uh, historical pricing data with the graph that you can kind of move the timeline, uh, and then just some kind of recent pricing data. So the things that we are kind of looking to push out and, and give more information on probably like you know dividend yield and mm-hmm. market cap like, like like you say like the basics information but when you look at basic information in any other app I, I honestly couldn't tell you how you can even see it it's just there's so much noise so um, at the moment it's like it's fair to say that maybe the research is perhaps done elsewhere and then the trade place with free trade but yeah. we want to obviously bring all of that within the platform so so I guess like some of that we're vaguely familiar with stocks, yeah. so we know even what dividend yield is. Kind of, <laughs> I don't know if you know what dividend yield is, but that's kind of something I wanted to touch on. So you might see that as something that is core for someone to say, right, buy or not buy. What kind of approach you got to educating people maybe that aren't familiar uses. with that? Stuff? Yeah, and that's and that's like this massively what I want to do with the app is actually make it more educational, make it easy for people to kind of go in the app. So we're talking about kind of curated content at the minute mm-hmm. and how we can bring that into the app. We, we have got an amazing content writer who fills our blog posts up. And uh, yep. you know, there's some really good stuff in there, like just basics of things like what is an exchange traded fund and yeah. really positive thing for you to invest in because it's, it's you know, generally going to have a really good, nice, long uptick. Um, so it's quite safe. And then it's trying to bring that how do we service that into the app to make it simple so th- these are challenges that we've got to face you know I mean I think as I was saying previously I think we've done kind of the basics pretty well in terms mm-hmm. of getting the, the MVP out there but it's now how do we make it a bit more fit for mass market I yeah. think that's the that's the challenge that we're kind of trying to so how do you how do you work like in terms of design and research and how do you make sure that you include the right users in, in what you're doing. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty lucky that we've got quite an active community, actually. Um, I couldn't tell you how many users. I think we were about nearly 2,000 users mm-hmm. uh, on the community. And um, so we've been talking to them a lot, um, obviously. <laughs> and uh, I've, what I did uh, in terms of research, I've done it a couple of times where we reach out to them, try and get a reasonable segment across and actually bring them in, do face-to-face interviews. Uh, we've also sent out some kind of, um, you heard of Maze? I started using it a little while back, it's pretty pretty good. Um, so they basically, you set up uh, missions on there and you kind of direct and indirect success routes. Mm-hmm. And then you get a bit more of kind of a mass um, information back than you would perhaps from maybe four yeah. or five face-to-face interviews. But uh, yeah, we've been, we've been doing that. The, the thing that we need to do more of, I think, is more of the people that probably never invested before because we have we do have that in the community I'm not saying we don't but I think there's definitely a skew to people who are a little bit more savvy and perhaps use other investment apps or uh, done crowdfunding mm-hmm. because obviously a lot, a lot of our um, 
using the community have come and from guess, that crowd. It's kind of intentional, right? Because yeah. if you were developing an MVP, you should like you were prioritizing for this type of user. Not right? not necessarily, but yeah, I think we're more likely to get those people because they are ear to the ground. They realize that that's coming, and it's kind of a bit more. They want a low fee product, whereas what we want is to provide it for everybody. So it's okay. kind of we don't necessarily think about hardcore traders or anything like that when we're designing for features and things we were trying to think how accessible can we make this like how easy to use can we make this so. mm-hmm. and could you maybe so obviously you are a sort of early stage startup could you yeah. maybe give us a bit of an insight as to how that is a bit different to maybe a sort of later stage start of like delivery for example and some of the yeah maybe the challenges you've had scaling up and yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think well, with with Deliveroo, I saw kind of the same growth really as uh, not quite what we're doing right now, but where they grew very quickly into a big company. So the startup side of it was quite a, a small portion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they still kind of think of themselves as that, and yeah. that's in culture as much as anything. I think, but um, challenges wise, I think when you were kind of I say like thirty designers versus one or two you know it's 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 kind of communication is king there really you've got to have and whether you like it or not process does come in at those stages uh and every kind of hike of people i think they always say you know like for every sort of four or five designers you add you'll have four or five x the problems (laughs) (laughs) um and uh yeah and and it is And, and so i think not that i have zero process here or anything like that but your kind of sign off is a much smaller, uh, few, fewer people, and you kind of working really closely with those people, so you can move pretty quick, which is good. Yeah. Um, I try to set up some things early, like lessons I've learned. Like I would say, three years ago, like UI kits and design systems wasn't really a thing anyone was thinking about, and now it's it's hot topic. Mm-hmm. So it's something that obviously coming off the back of delivery, where we were creating one coming here it's like it's not like i've come straight in and gone we need a design system for the one designer (laughs) but but it does help to create kind of a a loose kit that you can move quickly and consistently with and then that way when you do add additional designers you don't kind of lose that pace and it's a a lower overhead so Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of helped a lot actually so you kind of start creating the process as you grow yeah i think that's it you've got to kind of try and identify in advance that's never going to happen all the time but you try and identify them in advance and it does help that i've I've kind of seen that before so Mm -hmm. you can spot some of the signs that you're looking for yeah Yeah. and 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 i think we're pretty good actually at adapting um you know and we we talked about kind of old world stuff like this is the complete opposite of what we are and we are a product-led company and we do adapt very quickly if we spot something's not working quite right we'll change it and that's been quite quite good so far. We were trying to do sprints a while back, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, but when you're when you're kind of wrangling towards an MVP, it just doesn't make that much sense. I don't think because yeah. you don't need that kind of cadence of delivery. You just need to deliver. <laughs> yeah. So we we kind of we switched to a more Kanban style, which is obviously a little bit older in its in its sense anyway. But it was more just like we were just driving through the stuff we had to do and hitting milestones internally that meant we could then test things quicker so yeah it actually worked quite well cool and um, we were chatting a bit before we started recording about kind of hiring staff and stuff like that and you mentioned yeah about junior designers in particular and what that title means or connotates at least yeah so we've actually had kind of our first i'm going to say like entry-level designer who's joined uh, last week 
And um, yeah, one of the things I was really keen not to do was to have this kind of like junior tag. Um, it, it's 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 each to their own really. But I, I've kind of uh, I we we did the same thing at delivery. We we dropped that junior tag, and I think that it just benefits everyone. It benefits the actual individual. It benefits the company, and I think just because that person's just starting out in their career doesn't mean they don't have really good ideas mm. and I just think it's it feels like a barrier when you like you know you're sitting in a meeting maybe with a, a junior designer in the room and they don't want to speak up because they don't think what they've got to say is valuable and yeah. you have maybe like more senior people that don't want to listen to them because it's like oh that's the junior whereas if nobody if, if, if there isn't that kind of feeling I think that everybody just benefits a little bit from that because so so far like we, we've you know seen really big impact and I think they do feel they can like speak up a little bit more as well yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that is so true especially in agencies that is really strong like you have mm. the junior designers and they come to a room but they're not allowed to say much it's more about the yeah. more like creative directors actually talking so it's, it's interesting yeah how that works in, I guess it's easier when you have a smaller team. Exactly. And, and, you know, as you scale, I think it's like, I think of it more of, um, of kind of setting leveling and getting that right early rather than thinking about the titles so much. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that I'm, I'm trying to invest in a little bit now, but it is time consuming. <laughs> How do you see the division between the two? If you see any? Yeah, I mean, I, so I'm I'm pretty firm on the on the product design tag. <laughs> um, I know that's uh, a lot of people are, but it's because I've seen it done both ways. I've seen pure UX and pure UI, and I I personally think there's quite a lot lost in translation between the two. The handoff between those is just it's, it is vast and it can be very vast. Whereas you have the same person responsible for that. That's I think it just works so much better. Equally, when I think of product design, I think of people that, you know, they take more of an end-to-end approach and it's like the research, it's up to them to decide what research is required for that piece, what fidelity level is required for that piece. It doesn't have to be starting with a sketch and you go into a wire and then you move to a more fidelity wire. It's, yeah, it's a waterfall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you can be a lot more lean and you can actually move a lot quicker by having that all under the one kind of role. Um, I, I certainly don't always start in that way. There's some very quick things that you can move straight into. We, we had a kickoff meeting the other day, and I actually was like, "This is pretty much served as a wireframe." <laughs> like yeah. it was, and that's that's exactly the kind of thing we're trying to do because it enables you to move quicker. And like we talked about, the size of the company helps with that because you can talk to the right people very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Again, going back to a small team is better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never grow. Yeah, well, that's I mean, the business rule. <laughs> but uh, but on, on the sort of research side of that as well, I, I, I do see a lot of value in research. And I, whilst I really like product designers to do research, I think I would like to bring in a user researcher because it is you know its own discipline. And I think that there's a lot of value of having that uh, that knowledge on the team. So that's, but the more you get designers to participate in that research, exactly that. It's, it's much better. I, I, I kind of almost see that uh, researchers might join us, be somebody that will facilitate, help with the discussion guys, actually run the sessions. But I, I want the product designers to be a part of that. And it's like, you know, I've been in situations before where you kind of say you had maybe you have a, a weekly research session and it's like, okay, hand in your thing that you want to be. Uh, want to be tested and then that's that you hear back yeah. analysis in a, in a week or two that's so detached so I know and it also as a designer you have created all these design hypotheses mm-hmm. that you should be able to test yeah. um, with a researcher supporting it's not the researcher coming up and saying this is what I decided to do yeah e- exactly that 
Yeah, and I think the best research is helping put into the design as well. So it's, yeah. yeah, it flows back that way as well. We're quite fortunate at the minute because obviously, like I said we don't have that dedicated resource right now, but we do have a community manager and customer ops, and they are such an amazing tether to our customers right now that they're almost kind of subsidising that for me a little yeah. bit at the minute. And uh, I've been having like a weekly meeting with them now, and it's actually like it's proven to sort of bear fruit already because you're kind of hearing people's direct pain points very quickly uh, and whilst we've got lots to do and lots to build we're kind of we're trying to address those as quickly as possible uh, we even added like a kind of surprise and delight OKR so that we could try and at least force that so that you can yeah. make sure you're shipping some of these things every month so which is like working pretty well actually right now We I think we had the objective was for something like two or four and we, we shipped like eight last month so it's pretty, it's pretty all over the place. I hope so, yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, um, why do you think traditionally, like, these investment apps and mm-hmm. websites didn't really think about user experience and design? Is <laughs> <laughs> a short answer or the long answer? <laughs> um, I, I think that they've invested a little bit in it now, uh, but uh, just money, probably. Like, I... I wouldn't want to speculate too much, but I think that the way I look at it at least is they have a product. They don't think in a way that product-led companies do. They think in a way that financial-led companies do. They have a thing that does the thing they want it to do. They are making an incredible net net worth. Why change it? And it takes, and the banking industry is saying the same thing, right? It takes a challenger to come in and say, well, just challenge everything essentially, like, um, and challenge people's expectations of that. So I, I think Monzo did it very well, obviously, in, in the kind of banking scene. I hope that we're going to have the same impact in the kind of stockbroking scene and investment scene because there are other kind of more product-led companies that, like the robo-advisors that have kind of come before us, Nutmeg, etc. But obviously there's no there's nobody that's come out and done kind of pure stock management on your on kind of your personal portfolio. Yeah. So it's uh, it, I, I think we've got the kind of real opportunity here to, to shake it up a little bit and hopefully like e- even if it's I mean obviously I want free trade to be a massive success but even if it forces them to just be a little bit more like mindful about what they're doing because they just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just the bottom line of it. So we heard from. Um Sandra at Monzo that one of the challenges they've got as a kind of challenger bank is getting people to trust them enough to actually put money with them Mm -hmm. so I'm guessing that is maybe one of your challenges (laughs) as well (laughs) yeah I mean so we're not seeing that just yet obviously we're still early days and I think everybody that's uh has kind of signed up at the minute like I say they've come through like crowdfunding through community so we do have quite a lot of trust there I think what you're kind of referring to is going to be as we grow how do we kind of like reach that, that mass more mass market and, and, yeah. and make sure that the trust is there yeah it, it's a challenge all right but um we have a fantastic kind of growth team and i think they're very good at presenting our narrative and our, our company values and we're, we're always very transparent with what we do you know obviously we, we look at monzo for that a lot and we love the fact that you know there is that level of transparency and i think we we've tried to do the same thing you know we're kind of as you would never have seen any other stock rigging out, we're kind of showing our development process and what we're building. Um, does that inspire trust? I hope so. Uh, and I guess we'll see as we grow. Mm-hmm. But I think we have a slight benefit that we we do have a bit more of a revenue driving business. So I think 
we perhaps don't need to grow as quickly on a user base level, but as we do grow, we obviously want to do that. So it's it, it's a really important thing to try and make sure that people do have, have enough trust to put their money into us. So yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about as well, like I've worked on kind of government projects and stuff like that where you had to kind of slot in with these existing kind of legacy back-end systems to make stuff work and then that's had kind of impacts on what you can do with the design, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing there's some pretty old tech in the stock market world that's that's kind of running the show. Like what challenges, challenges have you found with either integrating it with that or... Do it kind of building your own stuff to make it work? Yeah, bo- both of those things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we have had similar issues. It's um, We've kind of got a platform that we've built and obviously the client app uh, that we've also built. And then there are obviously third-party things that you have to... Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to financial partners, they, there really is... It's like you pick the kind of best of the bad bunch, really, is that sort of thing. And uh, e- even data feeds and things like that is like it's not always the best but yeah we've we've made it work the best we the best we can and um i think like longer term would we want to try and control more of that sure but right now we we have a product that works which is great and um i think we're kind of focusing on delivering features over trying to replace anything like that so but uh yeah it, it's been, it's been interesting that's <laughs> about as much as i can say really yeah <laughs> Um, I wanted to. Oh, sorry. No, go. I was going to ask a, a bit of a. I don't know if it's a controversial question, but <laughs> you mentioned at the beginning that like the stock um, market has been being really masculine. You use the word masculine. I did. Right? Have you identified that in your user base right now? Is it still like very masculine? And how do you actually balance that out within fair trade to make sure you have that gender balance? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so yeah, it, it certainly is still skewed that way. I and mean, even if you just take like the community vibes, right? So uh, I would love to be able to tell you the split, but it, it is, it is male dominated. But we do have um, quite a few female members on there now and we do try and work on that make sure it feels quite open uh, i mean alex is our community manager and he monitors that uh, we try to implement more guidelines to be a bit more open and welcoming of, of any any female investor um do you have females in your team we do yeah okay. we, have, <laughs> we have i think we have so we have three and uh we've got two more joining so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and I know, right? And like, and, and in our kind of, we're we're very conscious of it uh, from everything. Sort of like content's a big one because we we want to have a, a nice tone of voice and it be gender neutral. And uh, we've been using a few pieces of software. I think it's te- Textio. I think is one that we've been using. Uh, there's a few things that you can kind of like run copy through on the internet and kind of give you a bit of a t- sense of what the tone is. So we we've done that. Obviously, the, when we were doing the rebranding project, we were kind of very conscious of it. And I think, you know, we've gone pink. It's uh, it's, it's a little bit more effeminate. And um, yeah, and I think as we kind of grow the brand out a little bit as well, like there was a lot of stuff that we did as part of that branding project that we haven't really pushed out yet because we're still not doing like advertising and things like that yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, I, I, it's definitely something that we think about, which I, I think is a positive thing anyway. But Obviously, you're kind of focusing on your your kind of community users, I guess, mm-hmm. or that group of people primarily at the moment who are maybe at least slightly interested in investing. Have you identified through research or anything else, like what are the main barriers that actually stop 
people kind of thinking about their future and you know maybe you're 20 years old or something and probably what you're going to be doing when you're 60 is not necessarily in your mind at that point yeah that's really fair um i the short answer i think is no (laughs) but the kind of the longer answer to that is um we obviously think about it and demographic is definitely something that we are trying to to build out a little bit more because as i kind of said earlier we, we sort of know who's using it right now but like we do need to build out and maybe that's through personas or any other method and i think uh that we we sort of say that we're looking at like more millennial investors and and because they're the people that are going to benefit the most from investing in the stock market now yeah because they'll see that sort of compound interest and the fruits from that in you know 10 20 years and uh, and so yeah it's um it's a tricky one but the fact that we have an accessible app i think actually gives us that benefit because even if they weren't thinking about sorry even if they were thinking about it the choice is out there right now just like they're not what people are used to in terms of using a consumer facing app like you look at any of your sort of sort of the big consumer apps like sort of uh, airbnb delivery train line even at the minute they're doing a really great job those kind of um products are just so simple and so if you the, the switch from that to trying to open up x stockbroking app <laughs> yeah. is massive it's huge um and even me who uh, you know i consider myself reasonably tech savvy <laughs> i'd hope so anyway um yeah it, it's it's a real barrier so i think that alone is, is a good thing but then yeah we do obviously need to know how to talk to those people know how we want to to get them on the platform but that, that's definitely as we as we grow that's going to be the challenge it's going to be less of, not less about the experience in the app but you've got to still drive people to the actual yeah. platform itself so yeah that does become a, a bigger part of it then cool and um, what you've obviously kind of onboarded a couple of users now well more than a couple now <laughs> just two uh, <laughs> just, yeah just two you and <laughs> um so what like just out of interest what's the most popular kind of stocks that are being traded at the moment this does not constitute financial advice okay <laughs> disclaimer I, 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 was just, I was just about to say capital at risk um, no uh it's that's an interesting one i think some of our etfs have been pretty popular mm-hmm. uh we, we've started a stock game in the in the office actually just like picking or something and see how it does over the month but uh, there's been some really random ones in there like Weatherspoons came up the other day so okay. the, the, the rationale was that it's you know it's getting like late and cold and people want a cheap pint I was like oh, okay yeah sure yeah the Brexit play I suppose <laughs> but uh, yeah I think um, we see uh, a surge every time we add new stocks you do see a bit right. of a surge in those ones we added Aston Martin the other day and mm-hmm. it was just through the roof uh, but yeah I think uh, our, as I mentioned earlier about like uh, ETFs they're kind of more of a collective of, yeah. of stocks so uh, like the FTSE 100 for instance is obviously all of the 100 biggest uh, companies in the UK so we have quite a lot, quite a reasonable range actually for of ETFs. We added like sixteen more, I think, two weeks ago. So um, they're the ones that seem to be ticking along the most. And then you get kind of a more scattergun approach to everything else. So. Yeah, it's interesting. You get that spike. Do you think that's mm-hmm. because it's one that people have been waiting for you to add, or do you think it's because it's just there, so <laughs> they check it out? A little of both. Uh, we actually, so uh, we. We've been kind of polling the community. We have got a form that people can kind of fill in if there's anything that they're really desperate for us to add because um, we are trying to continually grow the universe, I guess. Um, That's the sort of second side of it, I guess, is that the universe right now is limited uh, and it's limited to the UK stock market too. 
Um, so I think when something new does come on, people are like, oh, exciting. You know, yeah. there's, there's a new stock to, to buy. But I mean, we're going to be, uh, by the end of the year, adding, I think, 200 US stocks on there as well. So um, we kind of released our Christmas list today. Um, <laughs> and that's that's one of the things that's going to happen. So that's really exciting. Yeah, cool. So what is the feature you, you're more proud of, most proud of? That I'm most proud of? Uh, that's an interesting one. I actually would say, I mean, I wouldn't call it a feature as such, but I'd say experience was the onboarding itself mm-hmm. it is, is actually... We, we took like what was something like 15 steps <laughs> and tried to condense it. Uh, and I think it's like five, I think it's five steps. Um, and I tried to keep as well, like it, within that, I really like to have kind of like focused forms. So it's sort of, you know, only focusing on one or two things on a page. So trying to do that with such a bulk of information was, was tricky. But yeah, I was actually really pleased with how that we, we did it even in, in uh, user research when I'm kind of talking to people while they're trying to onboard, I think they were doing it in like sort of 90 seconds or less. It's like, it's pretty, it's pretty quick. And not, and not, not to say that everything needs to be fast, but I think, you know, as long as we're making sure it's secure and we're getting everything we need to be able to onboard you, the user just wants it to be quick. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's good. So how do, what tips, or if you have any, if you can say any, you can give people to, when they have a very complex flow like that, mm-hmm. or um, you know, an experience that is really broken, what tips or what things do you do to actually come up with something simpler? Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. So, um, I think how I approached that at least was obviously we started with the the, the big sort of twelve step where it was, and it was uh, we're pretty lucky that we've got um, we've got a compliance officer, and so I worked with him to kind of actually like boil down what do we actually legally require to be able to board them so then you can kind of start at least picking things away a little bit and um and then you know i worked with our content writer as well because i think um some of the things that we were requesting was like declarations and stuff like that but we can actually just boil them down into a case of if you proceed from the screen you are kind of accepting that that you you're moving on like accepting terms and conditions or something like that mm-hmm. um and then, you know, just using like newer technologies in the case of doing like postcode lookup and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of not necessarily rocket science, but it's, I think if you look at a more consumer approach rather than necessarily uh, a more kind of traditional stockbroking approach, I think it's, I'm trying, trying to choose my words carefully, <laughs> <laughs> then... Uh, then yeah it's because yeah. you know and, and, a, and a lot of companies well, you've got to remember that they're trying to collect information for marketing purposes etc yeah, exactly. whereas yeah, we're trying to build a, a community so I think yeah. it's a, a bit different it is lucky as well because when I work for uh, a bank for a while and every time we try to simplify a flow like that there's a <laughs> lot of pushbacks so yeah. even though you you can identify things that are not really necessary because banks are banks yeah. it's really hard to actually break that behaviour yeah. so you're very lucky that you can actually do that yeah I, I think because we're building from scratch as well and because we are like quite a lean team you, you don't have those kind of levels of pushback yeah. like you were talking about like you know I can literally walk over and talk to Adam the CEO and we can have a quick conversation it's, it's, yeah. it is a benefit and it does allow us to move quickly which is good um, it's before we wrap up then so is there anything you can share in terms of kind of what you're working on at the moment what we can expect soon yeah um, I can it was really good timing with that tweet that today. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday we couldn't have told you anything no. um, so the big uh, the big one that everybody wants is is an ISA account 
Um, so we're going to ship our kind of V1 of that, mm-hmm. um, which is that you can have an ISA or a kind of just free trade general account. Yeah. Um, but obviously that, the benefits of having the ISA account that is tax wrapped, so it's definitely worthwhile. Get one. <laughs> uh, but that that's going to uh, that's going to be by the end of the year. So. Uh, hopefully as soon as possible. Great. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, adding the US securities, that's kind of the, another one that obviously a lot of people want and possibly people that are less bothered about the ISO account would still be really excited about those. So mm-hmm. we were trying to make sure it, both camps got a good uh, good deal for this year. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Um, do you want to fire off your favourite final yeah, question? Yeah, I was, I was I'll fire the same <laughs> question. Is there anything, like I always ask for a book, a blog, or um, someone to follow that you can recommend to designers these days? Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> A book, a blog, or someone to follow. Um, it could be and as well, if you want to say and, more. And, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, so in terms of someone to follow, um, there's uh, my former uh, lead designer at Deliveroo, Johnny Birch. Um, he's actually doing some really great stuff around trying to break down progression barriers uh, I think it's such such an impactful um, thing in the industry because it is something that's underserved uh, he's got uh, his product progression pack this is not a, uh, a an ad for him at all <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah he, he, he should he, he, I just I, I think it's a very it's a very very good thing that the industry needs um, you know we were talking obviously about the, the junior side of things earlier but this kind of addresses all of that because it gives everyone a really clear view of where you are and what you need to do to progress. And in so many companies, because there's so many startups now as well, it's like they don't have time to do that. So he's got the benefit of having done that for 30, 40 people at Deliveroo and he's kind of taken that on and, and uh, kicked off and, and made his own thing. So he's, uh, he's, I think he's actually doing a talk in a couple of weeks. So, but yeah, he's, he's definitely someone worth following. Cool. Um, well, I think that's all we got. So thank awesome. you very much. No, thank, thank you for having me. Thank you. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at Design Untangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.